Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Wiebman and I'm coming to you live from a few hours in the future from now from E3, a day after E3 finished. I have a few of <laughs> TOVG's own E3 correspondents reporting live from the show floor, but not at the show floor with me. First up is Alex. What's up, everybody? It's Alex here. You may remember me from one of the other episodes of this podcast. We also have Jimmy. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Jimmy, also known as Sunder on YouTube, and you may know me from every episode of this podcast. And a new guest who's coming on for the first time is from a channel called The Warp Zone. We have Wrangle Davis in here along with us as well. What's going on, guys? Davis here. I have not been on any other one of these podcasts. <laughs> Davis is brand new, a fresh face for everyone to look at with their faces. A so, fresh face, yeah, but an it, old exa- friend. A fresh face for an audio show thingy. So it's fresh face, but old friend, just like <laughs> E3, just like yeah. E3, which happened this <laughs> week. And that was a pretty big deal. And um, I think everyone in here except me was there. I know Jimmy and Alex were there, and I think I saw a video that suggested Davis was there. Yeah. 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 Yes, we were. We were there. Yeah, that we were means all that there. everyone was at E3 except me. Oh, poor oh, kid. Um, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> this is this is the tyranny of of living on the East Coast. I was actually assigned a super duper demanding work project this week that I had to do a lot of overtime for. But whatever. That's OK. I had the time of my life watching the fun you guys had over here. Oh, well, I'm glad we could include you on Twitter. So <laughs> I know what, what, what did I miss, guys? What happened? How was oh, it? Oh, gosh. Where it do we was, start? It was it was nutty. It was crazy. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it was actually a really like positive, like very everybody was very happy the whole time. It's that very different than me it usually out. is. That's not I like what you I went expected. To a different E3 than me. <laughs> I don't know. It felt like the World's Fair or something. Everybody was like, oh, wow, look at this new thing. It was like the first E3 of like the actual next gen, I felt like. Hmm. Interesting. It's... I don't know. I I I felt like I didn't go through the whole conference. Like I, I only went into the main hall, which had like you know the the Capcom and like where Titanfall was and all those like battle tanks and all that. Only like once or twice, and I just didn't get a good vibe from that area. Like I, there's nothing really interested me, I guess. But you didn't get a good um, vibe from Titanfall. What's Titanfall <laughs> doing out there though? It came I, out. Are they like showing DLC? DLC? Yeah, they're, oh. they're ripping ripping DLC oh, and trying boy. to keep the hype going. Yeah. I actually I actually like Titanfall a lot, but I mean the, their booth was a lot of well, you know. I mean it's not like, bad, but it like totally <laughs> is the product of a AAA mentality that I guess right. permeated other E3s rather than than this one. Like yeah, the the north like the main hall felt like a lot of like super loud techno music that was heard through a wall. So like everywhere you walked, there was like a few different beats like going like. <laughs> And it was like, I, I know that's coming from somewhere, but I can't like like trailers. It was, it was like all of every single bar in Mass Effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked that music in Mass Effect. I actually... No, it was good too, yeah. but it, it always sounded like muffled. Yeah. And it was also yeah. like the super generic 90s science fiction movie music you'd hear in space movies. Yeah. yeah. But it was still catchy. That was great. But anyways, but... like... One of the first things you said was that, like, people were happy and feeling positive about it, which yeah. incredibly surprised me, because I, I don't know, like, maybe this past generation, like, maybe the past, 
I want to say five or four E3s, I've only heard people get depressed about it, like about the showmanship of it and how much how much money these companies pour into pretending to have this awful cutthroat competition about who can make the best copycats of each other's games. Yeah. But this year, it it seems like everyone was actually having fun celebrating yeah, video games at yeah. E3. Maybe it was just a coincidence, but man, maybe maybe it was the same as always, except that the trend this year was to like turn the focus towards like what it takes to develop a game and like let the developers like talk about what's good about their game and yeah, all the yeah. and all the press conferences were all just about like look at all this fun new crap that you can do that you weren't able to do before. And, and that's so another was... thing, like fun. That's, that's the key word. <laughs> Usually the these kinds of games are like angry brown men killing each other. And I mean, you still saw a lot of that there, but they had a, 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 a let's back if, up for just not, a moment. <laughs> <laughs> you still had a lot of that there, but if they're like, there was usually some kind of childish twist or some kind of um, comedic twist to it. Like Far Cry 4 looks just like Far Cry 3, except there's elephants and that little pedal helicopter thing from Road Warrior that, that turns it into a strange comedy. <laughs> yeah, can, it was fun, man. Yeah, can, I, I, yeah, can I just back up on. for just a second to clarify that George meant to say angry brown games with men killing each other, not angry brown men killing each Wait, other. Wait, is that what I said? That's what, yeah. that was the words <laughs> oh that you said in the order. Yeah, wow. yeah. That's just took me back a little bit. You meant like the, the stereotypical like Call of Duty, like yeah, cover everything I, in brown I, to make I it totally look realistic. Did. I meant yeah. what, what it looked like other years when they were showing Battlefield 3 and, and Battlefield Bad Company and right, right. Battlefield I just whatever wanted to clarify Call of Duty whatever. <laughs> Yeah, okay, I don't know. I'm, I'm really sorry about that, I guess. Total, total innocent <laughs> honest mistake. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone understands that I I like people of all colors just as much, <laughs> whether they're angry or not. Um, anyways, so yeah, things have colors now in, in comedy, and they like laugh at themselves and want yeah. you to have fun with them, and that's, that's, that's weirded me out. Like, I think the most serious, gritty thing I saw was... Tomb Raider? <laughs> yeah. Davis looks really shocked right now. Sorry, I, I, me and my crew had a much different takeaway from E3. Really? Yeah. Well, this is, I've been to like four. I haven't been to a lot, but I've been to enough to get a gauge for it. And this uh -huh. is like the most underwhelming of all of the ones I've gone to. Really? In what way though? I, just like the games, nothing, I don't think like anything cool is even coming out until 2015. Um, I don't know. The, the games were like colorful, but not like Sunset Overdrive. I stared at in the Microsoft booth for like uh -huh. five minutes and I'm just I walked away like I feel nothing this game does not excite me at all it doesn't <laughs> it's like kind of like Jet Set Radio Future but like but with a shooter I, which sounds like a cool idea I, yeah but it didn't it just I, I don't know like, it didn't do it for me the whole super ultra Re Dead Rising 3 thing hilarious okay I played that with Shredder who's another Warp Zoner he loved it and I'm just like this looks <laughs> dumb it I looks so dumb I have, I have nothing <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just getting too old I don't know what okay. it is I, like yeah games are going through like a ridiculousness phase like yeah. they do like they do and from time to that. time yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I couldn't believe that it was happening again. Well, like, okay, uh, Davis, you said nothing really is coming out until 2015, but, like, 
of any of those things that are coming out in 2015 and after, did anything excite you from the show? Yeah, so the ones the, uh, Shadows of Mordor okay. looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been excited about that from the beginning, and then I saw a screen, and I didn't know that was the game playing it, and I'm like, what is this gorgeous game? And they're like, that Shadows of Mordor, I'm like, oh, I want it even more. The Order, uh, what, is it 1886? Yeah, 1886. Um, it looks like, it just looks, it's like a moody, cool, fun shooter. But right. even then, um, like, the moody, cool shooter has, like, this crazy steampunk fantasy twist to it. That, yeah, yeah. that, I I actually love quick time events. I, and <laughs> oh so, we're like, I, I, you know what, whatever, I think it's cool, <laughs> and it has that. Um, did you guys see Steam, the that 3DS game? Yeah, that's I'm just, for that. That out of nowhere is like tip yeah. top my list. I mean, I played Smash Bros, which is really, which right. was my that's game. That's pretty of the much show. the game of E3. <laughs> yeah, right, it right. was great. Um, Everybody we played. We probably it. talk about that when we get to the Nintendo yeah. segment. But yeah. I'm trying to think of what else I got excited for. Um, Splatoon looks kind of fun. I love yeah, everyone Splatoon. has good things to say about Splatoon. Very very fun. Like. Uh, it's, what I can say about it was the first time I played it was like in the line and like they like ushered us up and I played against a bunch of random people and it was like pretty fun. But then later Alex and Gerard had like a cool like Nintendo VIP section meeting and so like I got to tag along with them and it was like the same games you play out on the floor but more of like a like you could play it at your own, at your own pace you're not kind of like hustled to get out of the line quickly. Yeah. And so we got to play Splatoon. It was like me Alex and Gerard on one team and like Michael Barity, Bladed Media and like Eagle Raptor, Aaron Hansen were on the other <laughs> team and like having that sort of like people I know and playing against them like having a little like fun rivalry was like like it made it so much more intense because we were like oh ah, I'm like looking over like what are they doing and yeah I don't know I, I think it, as a multiplayer game it's more fun when you're not playing against like randoms like playing against my friends made it like super fun yeah, and it looks know. like That's there's like actually legit room for strategic depth in there. Yeah, I'll I'll say, I'll say that for sure. It's very very like, like very neat idea. Like mobility is very interesting. I feel like nobody on the floor like really tapped into the potential of right. like the squid going up walls and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and like warping to your friends. It all looks really cool, but I don't want to get too far into it. Uh, right now, I, I did want to make the point that even like, cause you were saying about the order that even that is like steampunky, like every single, like, you know, like, oh, this franchise is the one that comes out with the same game every year. Yeah. Oh, whatever, whatever. Like every single one, like totally feels new this year. Mm -hmm. Like Assassin's Creed is like running on a new engine and like looks totally different i sat in because i was able to go through and do, this was one, one of the first e3s where i wasn't working on indie games mm -hmm. predominantly when i was like there taking appointments and i sat in a lot of the like you know private press appointments and like assassin's creed like blew my butt off like it looked like amazing and it was like very impressive and like the things that they were saying were like you're reading my mind and addressing my <laughs> concerns about this series <laughs> And, like, Far Cry was, like, really fun, and, like, that goofiness was, like, an added bonus. Like, I was I was just playing, when I was playing it, I did, like, the stealth mission. As me and Gerard were having trouble with it, and I eventually just, like, stayed really stealth and, like, killed everyone with a crossbow and won. Uh -huh. But, like, the guy next to me was, like, he had <laughs> trained a honey badger to, like, run into the camp to, like just like wreak havoc with people and he was riding on the back of an elephant with a 50 caliber <laughs> gun like on the elephant just like riding through this town like killing people while his like honey badger friend was like <laughs> just like ripping sh shit apart and it was just really it was really neat to like 
to like see that in in Far Cry and and Hardline looks really fun and dynamic and has oh, like a yeah. whole new has a whole new flavor to it and uh, Rainbow Six Siege is like really amazing like really yeah. cool okay. thing to so like Battlefield Hardline how much of that did you guys get to play which I, might be kind of a redundant question because they made it available to the freaking public as soon as they made it <laughs> available to people actually at E3 which I thought was a really neat idea what did uh, you guys think of it if if you got to play it at all I will admit I did not play it. Aww. I played I played one round of it and it was pretty long for that type of thing, like you know like a heist type of gameplay. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, where you'd expect that to be like a quicker thing, but it was like it, it was like very like you never fought in the same place for too long. Like mm. you you like the fight would like move like through a thing because rather than it just being like a fight between two sides who are trying to kill each other, right? Like the idea that one of them is trying to like escape from the other one, kind of like. Gives a direction Have to the fight. Previous battlefields, because yeah. I think around three they added the, com- the rush modes, and that's what that is. It's like a, essentially like a kind of a tug of war, almost and, of like yeah, exactly. And the objectives. common criticism is that Battlefield Hardline is just one of those battlefield <laughs> games, but reskinned to be cops and robbers instead of armies. Yeah, but it, it just has like aesthetically, it's like very important, like that. You know, it's not like military it has like a totally different feel that it's in a city that it's not like you know tanks and stuff mm-hmm. and that it's more like you know small scale stuff everything feels a little raw or <laughs> is that weird to say <laughs> no it, it's not i'm just wondering how they um have changed the regular battlefield mode because on on pc it's a 64 player max server you would have two teams of 32 and i've always imagined that having 32 cops versus 32 robbers might be kind of scaling up that situation to a point where where the theme might break from well yeah granted it's pretty silly but there's like a lot of different things for everybody to be doing at once Mm -hmm. especially for the thieves because it's like you're creating problems all over the map at once that the cops all have to handle together and like keep track of you so you don't get away so it's not it's not just like a reskinning it's 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 close it's very reminiscent of rush mode but it's not, it's not, uh, I, just from my own personal experience, I did not feel let down. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, this is just rush mode. What are the, what are the gun, um, like, police officers don't have that wide, <laughs> wide. They're like SWAT, uh, they're like SWAT guys. Oh, you, okay, you yeah. heard SWAT? Yeah. Have, like, I've actually, I actually knew about this game months ago because my roommate works at EA. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't allowed to talk about it, so, but I'd never seen any footage until. It leaked a week un- before E3? Until, and then. He like he came home that day and was like so frustrated because they definitely didn't nobody wants their stuff leaked. Right, of right. course. But especially something on the scale of Battlefield. And That's also like huge. that leak happened not that long ago. Like yeah. slightly over a week. Like this right. Battlefield Hardline is coming out very fast. The reveal happened a week before the E three demos, which happened the same time as a public open beta. Yeah. It, what, it kind of it kind of feels to me like it started as an expansion yeah. and is now that's not which is why I think it's imagine. come out fast and it's not it wouldn't have been the first time that, that that's happened in the right. industry so that's why four. <clears throat> yeah so I, I don't know it has that kind of feel to to me can, yeah. can we just address for a moment the uh in the conference that had a uh, hardline in it was that the uh was that the Sony conference Microsoft EA, conference yeah. EA Sony? it was the EA, EA conference or, yeah I don't know why obviously EA um <laughs> How, they, how had, dare you how they had the guy who was like, now, if you're a gamer like me, 
you want to play games, not watch them. And then he went on this whole spiel, and then they announced uh, Hardline. And then at the end, he was like, and now watch our 16 players play Battlefield on this rooftop right now. <laughs> like and the conference ended, and it had do. like, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like, but I'm a gamer like you. I want to play the game. Yeah, it was just so like this. weird that he like completely contradicted himself. It sucked that too that if you were at E3, ostensibly you're like away from home, and if you're there, you're, it's unlikely that you're gonna have the opportunity to go log in and register for the beta. Yeah, which I don't. I don't think that's actually happened before, where they release a demo to the public the same time as the E3 demo, and I think right. that's kind of neat because earlier I was talking about how everyone felt positive about it. Like that's putting the people at home in a more privileged position than usual like it's, it's kind of it, including them in on the right, fun right. instead of like oh you're not media you can't come to e3 it's like hey have fun with the e3 time with everybody else and, and as like, weird yeah. of a theme as battlefield hardline is of turning battlefield into cops and robbers like i was also mentioning earlier about how even the the regular ooh, <laughs> <laughs> even the regular ordinary FPS brown shooter genres try to have some kind of childish twist and that's what that is. It's like kids playing yeah. cops and robbers. Right. So Yeah, I agree. And oh. and even though I still think it's kind of a weird <laughs> project, I it still is exhibiting the spirit that I saw running through a lot of a lot of stuff going on at E3. Mhm. Which Definitely. I also saw happening to Far Cry 4. Like you guys were talking about it being this this comedic animal show <laughs> i was yeah, watching it's very fun pro, a pro jared playthrough of that same demo is it the same demo where you're um running through the little mini fort in the middle yeah, of the yeah, valley? yeah 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 that's yeah. the only one that they were letting us play yeah he tried to use the bait to lure a leopard towards the guards at the very <laughs> front of the door and it didn't end up working so he just snuck around to the other side of the fort and bashed through the door with the elephant <laughs> like an elephant in one arm and a rocket launcher in the other like Great. completely completely absurdly ridiculous and i mean far cry 3 had kind of an element a similar element because it had wildlife who you could free to cause chaos and bases but it was underplayed this is more, enough. a little more on a fantastical level yeah, though. it was like underplayed enough to where you couldn't laugh at it as easily as you could in this one right and did you did you see any of that you um said you also saw the assassin's creed unity presentation was there some of that light-heartedness bleeding over into assassin's creed now as well in the french revolution yeah because yeah, no. i remember they were like decapitated heads and stuff it looked like it was taking itself yeah, pretty seriously it was, it was a little bit rough in in a way but at the same time like sitting there with the dev and he's like walking you through this thing you can tell that there's like a sense of fun to it like like they they're still very much they have like you know they're they're like on staff historian who's still like making sure everything's real and everything's like serious mm -hmm. uh, and it's uh, but but like at the same time like you know he's going through and he's just you can tell because they rebuilt a lot of like mechanics that you're used to like the climbing mechanic is totally rebuilt and all mm -hmm. that stuff and like the stuff that they showed us was stuff like the controlled descent right which is just like this awesome thing that you can do where you like press two buttons and you like start to like automatically like traverse the surface of the building sort of downward right and like Instead of that weird stop start motion that it was in the previous ones yeah That's so they're cool. actually changing the assassin's creed <laughs> control scheme now yeah they're they're like cleaning it up and, and making it a little bit more of its own thing or like for example like the game feel also is going to open a little bit like to the open world kind of like it's going to like like take one step towards say like Grand Theft Auto or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
uh, because like he was saying that like one of their theses was to give the rooftops back to the assassins, like make it their like sort of like realm again. Mm-hmm. And so like when you get up on a roof, you you stand there and you look around and like icons come up everywhere, and hmm. it's like. Uh, Oh, this is my, this is like my kingdom. This is like whatever everything that I can do right now. Right, like that's like a vantage point at, yeah. all, at all times. And they added things like solving murders, and they call it murder mystery. Mm. And it's still like the you know the core like very serious Assassin's Creed gameplay is there, but like you know there's just like fun stuff to do that doesn't matter. That's just like more about the fun than it is about like whether or not it would be appropriate to put it in a game about the French Revolution. I did Revolution. not get a sense from watching the conference how the co-op works. Did you get to play with that at all? Uh, I didn't touch it, but I watched it, and it was it, it's it's very, like, drop in, drop out. Like, when you when you uh, hang out in the world with somebody, it mm-hmm. works a little bit more like uh, Grand Theft Auto Online, where you can just, like, each go wherever. Uh-huh. But then if you want to do a mission together, you both just, like, link up and go do the mission. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, and you also, someone in here mentioned Rainbow Six Siege earlier. Yeah, yeah, I saw that uh, presentation as well. I definitely okay. liked the uh, the trailer for it. It looked like a cool direction for Rainbow well, Six. There's I also mean, a... off-screen <laughs> demo footage popping up on the internet. It seems like it was playable somewhere on the on the show floor. I don't know it, if you it guys... Was indeed, it was indeed playable. I did not get to touch it, but I was sitting there while it was being played live. Like, I, I gotta admit, like... If you want to know what I played, it was everything at the Nintendo booth and like <laughs> like yeah. some indie games around the Sony area, and that's it. All the big stuff I like: Order eighteen eighty six, Massive Line, don't care. Uh, Destiny, Massive Line, like don't care enough to get in line and wait for two hours to play Destiny. Like a lot of the stuff that looks really cool that was like AAA was just too much of a wait for me, and I really wanted to get in as much as possible as opposed to like a few really big things. So Nintendo's lines were flying so i st- stuck over there pretty much all the, the whole I was time excited Excuse me. to see everything that i saw <laughs> the the one reason i wanted to bring up rainbow six siege is because it's also you know another rainbow six super serious man shooting game but <laughs> it it kind of represents a downscale for the spectacle that they would bring to a game like that like it's just 5v5 like yeah, that's counter strike and it's, it's, me- it's mechanics it's very like it's like very mechanics over flash. It's like very, mm-hmm. very quick games. Mm-hmm. Very, very like like small area. It's like in a house. Yeah. Like actually in a house. And yeah, so like just one house, five people on both teams. That's not a lot to Explosives uh, everywhere. Property but damage still, everywhere. Yeah, but it's still like pretty like unrealistic. It's not like yeah. it's not like a meant to be a simulation of real life by any means. Of like, course, you go into the house <laughs> and you, know you blow it up. Yeah, yeah, you can like blow away wow. like any of the walls, anything. Like you're doing things that are just like crazy. I was watching them play it. He blew out like a room, like the wall of a bedroom upstairs that like looked out over the like like lobby foyer area of the house. Yeah so that he could like shoot down into there it's like very like it would like collapse the house like, obviously that's not your gonna be your tactic or like a realistic move yeah. in like a real situation but it's a game but it yeah. sounds effective if if they end up designing all the other maps with the same sensibilities as they did that house in the demo then what you get from scaling down the combat is more of a focus on the rules of the core combat rather than right. Um, dedicating resource towards spectacle, which I am a big fan of. Yeah, I mean, what, what was the one? They just can't. Was it, was it Rainbow Six 
Patriot. What was the one they canceled? That Patriots. Was... Yeah, Patriots. Patriots is all supposedly... I from that was that like demo on the bridge and with the guy like the suit. exact opposite. Yeah, that of was Rainbow like entirely spectacle. And I had no interest in it because <laughs> they it hinted like, that there was going like to be Call a Duty. planning phase in Rainbow Six Siege, and I don't know. <sighs> How how much of a um how far back you guys have gone towards this series? But there were planning phases in the very first Rainbow Six games, where yeah. you could spend like fifteen minutes just adding waypoints to a map that your that your team would um sweep through, and then maybe five minutes inside the actual map playing to see your plan <laughs> come to fruition. And it was really cool to kind of man it added a good deal of management to what was yeah. otherwise an FPS. Yeah, that, um, they added these. Uh, they added these like little drones to the game that oh, let yeah, you kind of yeah. because it's the same thing where you know like Rainbow Six, pretty quick game, but it's like more about like planning out your route through like one place. Whereas this is like you know it's two teams, so both people are real, so they're both planning. And so in this, you know, the drones, everybody gets a drone at the beginning. So rather than like looking at a map, you guys just kind of like drone around the house in your little droney drones, and you can like <laughs> just see drone, where, just drone can, it on. Yeah, you can see where everyone is. You can talk to everybody, and then it's like, all right, this guy's here, this guy's here. We're gonna go through this window, go this way, because the house is small enough that it's not like you have to memorize this whole map. It's there's yeah. like five rooms, mm-hmm. so it's so you know the planning phase doesn't need to be as crazy i'm very excited about it, it. sounds like cs office yeah but, like the whole game is yeah. that with different offices yeah and we've stra- we, we've strain if that's the past tense of stray we've we've kind <laughs> of moved away from cs as far as multiplayer shooters go and i did not expect to see a return to the cs style tactical team versus like like i did in that one it's that added fidelity from these new systems. Like now that we're leaving behind like 360 and and PS3 for like what we're developing for, the ability to like make the game like very high fidelity and like very like cool and like have a lot of like multiplayer like online features is like very broadened. It's mm. like surprising the yeah, kind of true. things that are happening. So, you know what's always been really popular though with with multiplayer is the Halo games, are the Halo games. That's mm-hmm. true. And one of the things that I thought was particularly cool from the Microsoft conference is that they're going to be repackaging Halo 3, 4, 2, and the anniversary edition of 1 together in a new um, compilation, which is like, for $60, that's that's an insane value of yeah, games I mean, that aren't necessarily super old. Like, Halo 4 was 2000. <laughs> Thirteen, just like a year last, and a half ago. No, is that not, two years ago? Yeah, November before last. Yeah, and yeah, so um, I don't know. I, I'm really super excited about. Um, sorry, excuse me. I'm really super excited about uh, about the anniversary or the Master Chief Collection is what it's called. Because um, I never got to pick up the Halo Anniversary Edition. I don't know. It was just like never in the cards for me. Like whenever I wanted to, it wasn't around. Whenever I didn't want to, it was around. And so. Like, I'm glad to be able to get that, and plus, I'm glad that they're doing the same HD graphics, like, anniversary overhaul to Halo 2, and I'm, like, extremely glad that they're not changing any of the mechanics, because it still get to play, like, those I, are, like, I'm a huge fan of Halo 1 and 2, like, campaigns. Those are the like, best campaigns. kinds of re-releases. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't each game getting its untouched multiplayer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. And I was like, and great. Yeah, that's I don't awesome. know how, it might split, I don't know how it's gonna do for them... As a whole, it might like sort of fracture the the player base. Uh-huh. But man, I'm in this age now where I love playing games from my past. Uh-huh. And Halo and Halo Two were some of like the they like rival Goldeneye for yeah for yeah. like hours long Absolutely. multiplayer. Absolutely, definitely. And I have so many fond memories, and it'd be great to revisit them. I hope 
it's as good as I remember. There's always that thing was when you revisit, you're like, this just wasn't as good as I remember. Like yeah. Hudson Hawk for the Game Boy, for example. Oh my but, god. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it looks great. And someone wrote a piece on IGN about how they think that they're doing all these releases be- as like a test for what people want in multiplayer because mm-hmm. apparently Halo 4's multiplayer, like it dropped off really two after came out, Call of Duty came out, and yeah. like oh, they're God. they're just like it's now like the least it has like the smallest tail of any Halo game, and so they're trying to kind of like see what people want well, and like uh, and and bring back old features maybe. Sorry, I'm, I interrupted you. Um, yeah, I, I was so actually on Twitch. <laughs> I was actually on Twitch earlier today, and uh, Halo Three was like in the top twenty of like games with most viewers. Still? And I checked in, and uh, like a lot of the Halo Three streams were just like Halo Three MLG, like getting level whatever, getting this, like just playing, you know regular like mlg matches on halo 3 which is like a fairly aged game like it's not (laughs) aged it's like six years old (laughs) yeah it's it's not like brand new and uh, and like no one's playing the halo 4 multiplayer and no one's playing reach or odst like so yeah i don't know it'd be Hmm. cool to see halo 2 which was like i think the biggest halo multiplayer right that was like practically part of the mlg scene becoming like real i'm wondering if they're gonna try to yeah. pack in odst or reach in this package so i point. think they said they specifically said no to it because okay. it's the it's the master chief collection well, you got so almost, it's, it's almost said, everything said, in there then the story is supposed to be the new guy i forgot it lock or something like the new spartan and he's like sort of studying master chief's old i think it's how they frame it is like oh really he's going through his shoes to understand like what it is to be Master Chief to either go find him or go do whatever Halo 5 is about. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, well, since it's the Master Chief collection, it's going to be the, all the games that have Master Chief as the main character, which is Halo 1 through 4, because Reach was a different set of Spartans, and ODST, you were just an ODST trooper, which I still don't get why you were just as strong as a Spartan if you're well, just you an were, ODST You were still... a little weaker. You, I think you ran slower, you jumped you had fall less damage. high. Oh, you I didn't, didn't... remember fall damage. Um, yeah, there was fall damage, and you couldn't... Um, you couldn't like dual wield. Oh yeah. My point was like, that's I'm that that attention to detail is great, but why why do I want to play somebody yeah, weaker than that? Like, worse version. Why do I want to play as not a Spartan? Yeah. <laughs> or at least if you're gonna do that, change the game, play, like make it a third person shooter, or do something Halo Wars like a little different. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Halo Wars was an awesome game. I liked it. That I liked was it a way lot. better than it had any right to be. Yeah, it was. Great. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. So, okay, well, even if the, the Halo Master Chief collection does not include Halo Wars or ODST <laughs> or Reach or Spartan Assault, it's still a good oh, value, God. right? Yeah, right. I'm very excited like, If it. you have not played Halo before, you can pick this thing up and you'll be, like, set yeah. <laughs> for, like, forever. Like Custom will... playlists also? Get out of town. Let, let's put it into perspective. You can either go pick up Halo 4 for, like, 45 bucks. Or you can just pick up the entire series of Halo 1 through 4 for like $15 more. And so Yeah, I bet your GameStop still sells Halo 4 at full price. Yeah, I'm yeah, jazzed of course. about consumer value. I'm, I'm, all about, <laughs> I'm all about the savings and also about like incorporating consumers into the production process, which I see the public Battlefield Hardline <coughs> beta kind of being a, a symbol of. And also the, the Bayonetta that... Um, they're putting out for Wii 2 Extra for the Wii Bayonetta U. for yeah, free. You get Bayonetta yeah. for free with Bayonetta 2, and it comes with all these like ridiculous Nintendo bonuses. Like you can yeah. put her in a Link outfit or, in a, or a Peach or a Samus outfit, and Peach is in there. 
Yeah, oh, there's a Peach I think costume. I, saw, I think I saw that. I just think I did not recognize that that was supposed <laughs> to be Peach. You guys, Halo 4 is 10 bucks. Really? Yeah. At, at GameStop? Used, yeah. Oh, well, used. Oh, I meant, like, new. There's, yeah. there's a Game of the Year edition. Uh, really? Oh, uh, okay. I don't think it's out yet. Well, all right. I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to break off the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Had to confirm but, Halo uh, 4. No, I, honestly, Bayonetta, like, the idea that when you buy the game, because, like, say you're a Nintendo fan for life, you know, till death. Yeah. And Which... You know, there's there's some yeah. merit to that, and there's also I'm so sorry for you. All right, but say, but say that's but say that's you, and you've never played Bayonetta before, you know, because you never had a 360 or a PS3. This this is great, and then plus it's like added bonus. It looks better, and there's like yeah. it's not just costumes; it's more levels and content. It's yeah. it's supposed to be 60 FPS locked, which is a really big deal for character action games like that. Like this is going to be the definitive edition of what may be one of my favorite games of the entire last generation. Really? Yeah. Bayonetta yeah. was amazing. It really, like, truly was. Like, Never Bayonetta 2 may well be the system seller for the Wii for me. Like, I was really? already I was already jazzed about it, but this is, like, takes that jazz to a whole new level. It's like meta jazz. <laughs> jazz, jazz funk. Smooth yeah. jazz. Mm-hmm. Smooth. So anyways, Progressive jazz. I don't yes. know if oh, um, there are any other fans of Platinum in here. Guys I'm a made... huge, huge Platinum fan. Okay, then you were probably well aware of a project called Scalebound that was yes. announced during the Microsoft conference. What I did... missed that announcement. Before, before I get into that, I'm going to ask you how you felt about, about seeing that, uh, that pre-rendered CGI not-gameplay trailer for Scalebound. I felt... I, well, I'm glad you asked me that because I feel like it's sort of indicative of... Like, one of the only, like, really rampant problems that I saw with, especially with the press conferences uh, this year, which was that they were just showing crap that's nowhere near done just to announce their intent (laughs) to begin working on the game. Which I, I feel like that's what Scalebound is. I think Scalebound, yeah, I think that <laughs> Scalebound is like a proof of concept that yes, we're gonna get this game. We're probably not gonna get it till October of 2016. God, but it's there. You know what I mean? Like, I how could mind Platinum, that? Yeah, but how how could Platinum possibly be working on this game in any real capacity right now? Like, um, they, they, I don't think I don't think Bayonetta is Bayonetta Two is um their A team. Like, what's Kamiya do, doing right now? I think that's I'm, that's what he's doing is Scalebound because he announced it on the stage. Yeah, I, I I'm sure that it's going to be a great game, and I'm very excited for it. But I, it's like we got to see nothing about the gameplay. We got to see nothing about like, because the thing about Platinum we did is get that, to see the the, the designs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get to see, yeah, like yeah, okay, it's going to be like you're like part of your dragon kind of, <laughs> and but but like but like what I'm saying is like. There was a lot of games, like especially the worst defenders. Definitely were EA, definitely. Mm-hmm. But like they would just be like, "Here's our like the idea for our world." They're like, "Oh, Battlefront Two or the new Battlefront game, the one you yeah. want to see." Here's like our dev team. Here's our one female employee. She's gonna be in every shot, by the yeah. way. Here's us playing with Star Wars things. Yeah. Oh, gameplay footage? Uh, no, no, the EA, never, early the alpha EA footage. But that is not that is not gameplay. I bet you. It had more dev diaries than actual trailers. Like, it broke my heart when they showed Mirror's Edge 2, and it was just, like, completely empty, textureless alpha levels that had the same animations from Mirror's Edge 1. Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it 2, though? Is it a prequel? What is it? No, it's 2. It's 2? Okay. Yeah. And it's also, just... Oh, cliffhanger. Did you not read... Well, kind of a cliffhanger, I think. Yeah. 
Um, so it's <laughs> a really bad joke. <laughs> oh, you slay me! What's what's going on over there? Well, like slavish. Get though. it, like cliffhanger because she like is free running. It's so is really bad. Made, and the ending was kind of really open. bad. I think we should just move on. Made up topic. Okay, it's, well, fr- it's Friday. I've had a long week. We, so we both fumbled that together. Don't like, worry. Like scale bound. Is it just me or did the main character there look an awful lot like Dante? Dante. Dante. The, Who's the version Dante? of Dante in the oh. 2013 Get DMC. Out. Yeah, I, he, he, which which I'm gonna say right now, DMC is the best Devil May Cry game. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll jump mm, in. I'll jump shots. in. I agree. Fired. I agree mm, with Davis. Mm. But what I'm gonna say about that, though, in re- re- regards to your question, is that I think that that just might be indicative of some sort of fashion style or something that's in Japan because I've been seeing a lot of like that sort of like cocky blonde, like <laughs> white haired character. But Dante was an American character. Well, made by Japanese. Right. Yeah, he was no, just an American no. developer. Team Ninja. Team Ninja's American. Yeah, but, but it was Team Ninja. Yeah. It was Team Ninja and uh, and that. one one other guy who like designed Dante in his image. Interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah. You could tell who it was because he had crazy hair in the interviews. Oh my god! Yes, yeah. I met that guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're, no, that was like that guy's ego. Yeah. That was like his ego in a, in a thing. <laughs> uh, but I just think that that's like kind of the cool thing right now is in in Japan is to have white hair. Yeah, I saw I saw a couple white-haired people in here. They're so fashion forward. <laughs> I just I I I don't think it's anything more than that. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about it too much. I wish I could pull okay. it off. Okay. I'd go I white, think it's going to I think the gameplay is going to be much different because that's what I was going to say is like the reason it's disappointing because it's a platinum game that's being shown off and you're not seeing like the awesome platinum gameplay like Like where every, was the crazy? Yeah, like where was the like super fun like mechanic that like makes the game worth it? You know what I mean? Speaking of signature mechanics, Batman has a tank now. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. He does. His, I, his gun, his turret is so prominently displayed yeah. that it, like, his, remember, Bruce, your parents were killed by guns? Yeah, you don't yeah. use guns, but you're like, you have like a but Humvee gun it's, on it's, it. It's okay, because the people he's shooting with it are robots. They don't count. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There were real ones, too. There, there, was, a, there was a real uh, Batmobile at the, at the, on the E3 show floor. It was that, actually shooting real robots. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. It didn't happen. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, that I ran into that. I was like, oh. It was just weird oh. that it was like the one with the gun on it. Like, Yeah, it was just like... It was like, very much there. It's just very anti-Batman to me. Though the game yeah. itself looks like it's going to be really fun. It looks incredible. Like that whole demo, it looked like exactly what a next-gen Arkham game should be. Like, like you had a Batmobile in a free-roam city and like random crimes <coughs> that I guess you could run up to and intervene in. And then he pulls out a, a tank, <laughs> and it turns into it looks an awful lot like Saints Row all of a sudden. Yeah. And well, then he puts the tank away, and it goes back to being Batman. <laughs> Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I have to say though, regardless of the demo, I really did like the trailer that they played in the conference because they utilized my favorite part of Arkham Asylum with the the glitching out and the scarecrow. Oh yeah, that that's going to be interesting. Very well done. Yeah, they, they didn't like let on that it was real for like a good 10-15 seconds. And there was like I remember I was in the office here watching it and I know there was a couple like like what? Like, we were going like on? streaming it and we were like, "Oh my god." 
Yeah, like I, I recognized that it, I was like, those look like the same effects they use in Asylum. And then when the when the the stage lights started like going bonkers, I was like, ah, oh, it's it is. And like Scarecrow showed up. That was I thought it was like a really cool reveal. It's very exciting and and cool. And he looks but... different. The friends I was watching it at the same time, they like swore for a good two minutes that it was not Scarecrow. And I was like, no, I think I think that's Scarecrow. I, I, They're I just it's... giving him a much scarier look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's he's the he, he's the main villain of the game. He so looks now more he's like, well, be, is it yeah. gonna be Scarecrow or the actual Arkham Knight, like the one in the title. They're saying that that's going to be an original new villain, and it they're not looks, showing him, though. It looks so Scarecrow-y. I can't see it being anything the, other than Scarecrow. I, I think it's Scarecrow. My money's a, on Scarecrow. I was watching, like, the Sony version of the Treehouse, uh-huh. but it was, like, <laughs> happening, like, live in front of my eyes while uh-huh. I was waiting in line for something. And, because uh, no one else was watching it, I guess. Because <laughs> everybody was watching Nintendo. Oh, yeah, um, Nintendo. Anyway, anyway, before we get there, uh, he was saying, like, you know, that they wanted to introduce the Joker, uh, the Scarecrow this way because he is sort of replacing the Joker in this game. I could mm-hmm. Which that. is good because yeah. I, I love the Joker, but having him come back in Origins is like, okay, yeah. like... There are there's more to Batman than just like than yeah. just the Joker. He's got the, the I would say the best the best rogues gallery of the anybody, best. and very nuanced and in a lot of cases like very sympathetic. Yeah, a lot yeah. of them are all very sympathetic villains. Mm-hmm. But also for the sake of a show. video game, like you can get really meta and creative when it's Scarecrow. Yeah, I mean, they did it in Arkham mm. Asylum, and it was great. Oh, yeah. He had, like, three different segments, and they were all very different, and they were all very, like, surprising and, like... Baby Bruce. Yeah, that was some, like, <laughs> pseudo-Metal Gear Solid 2 stuff for, like, a, yeah, a glorious yeah. two hours of, of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, Scarecrow was one of his best villains because it, it preys on, like, your own fear. Yeah, it's real fear. And, and, <laughs> and you can do crazy visuals, yeah. too. You and can, they're not... They're not unrealistic because you're tripping balls right they can pull off like crazy shit like scarecrow's a giant and you're running around this weird like circular suddenly side scroller yeah in like and then the game starts over yeah like i don't know i I really like that that was like probably the part of arkham sound that stuck out to me the most all right i'm just bummed to get pushed speaking of uh metal gear solid and tripping balls damn that's that segue. Uh, <laughs> I saw crazy the, segue just, so. just trust me on this one. This one's real. Go Chipping balls, Metal Gear Solid. All right. I sat through the uh, Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain demonstration, oh, which yeah. was that was the closed door theater one, right? Yeah, that was fantastic. I've First heard of stories all. and I've seen <laughs> some very very sneaky footage. It, yeah, it doesn't I'm look a, bad. It looks I'm looks a, pretty yeah. neat. I'm a hard I'm a hard hardcore Metal Gear Solid fan, as I know you are, George. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just every little detail of that presentation made me like go like, oh yeah, awesome, awesome, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and so like it it's it's really a proof of concept. Uh, but the thing that the thing that was amazing was that I was actually talking with uh, somebody from Konami, and they were also talking to me about like the public perception. I don't want to like it was kind of an off the record conversation, but he was like, just it, he was he was aware that. You know, there was the, like, animosity towards the fact that Ground Zeroes was so expensive. Uh, and I kind of get the sense that it had something to do with the fact that Kojima's been spending five years developing an engine without anything to show for it. Mm. And so I think that's kind of why Ground Zeroes was released. 
uh, as its own thing like that. Yeah, thirty dollars, uh, which weirded me out because I bought it for twenty dollars on the current gen version, and I thought twenty dollars was an okay price for it. Yeah, that's about right, I think. But then again, fair, I am like a super duper fan, so yeah, I that played, kind of colors I played it my for hours and hours and hours right? already. And you and you might not if you're not a super duper fan. But, but the yeah, thing, but the, yeah, the thing that I'm getting to is that like. A lot of the stuff that was very impressive about Ground Zeroes, you kind of really finally see the full breadth of it in Phantom Pain. Like, the marking of enemies and stuff like that, like, there are bases that you happen upon. The area of Phantom Pain is 200 times the size of uh, of Ground Zeroes. And I'm and wondering how they divide that up, though, because I read an interview where the interviewer asked if um, you could compare it to GTA at all, and Kojima said no. Apparently, it. I'm betting it is going to be like a mission-based structure where you have a few stages that are several times the size of Ground Zeroes, but not one whole continuous open-world map that is 200 times the size of Ground Zeroes. No, it, 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 uh, according, to the, according to the devs, it is one open-world, uh, and... Oh, then where do all gonna... those shots come from... Because it's it's going to be a situation where you're not uh, able to progress unless you, you know, like certain things won't happen and time passes. So, uh, you know, sometimes something will fast forward and then a base will be there that wasn't there or something like that. Um, but along those lines, the thing that was very impressive to me was that you can happen upon something uh, like a small base that you need to like move through or like shake down for information and you can mark everybody in it and you can like do all that stuff and then you pull out I mean I'm sure you guys have heard about the uh the e-cigarette the mm -hmm. e-cigar <laughs> have you guys heard about this it fast uh, forwards vaguely. time for some reason yeah it's it's like a it's like a hallucinogenic e-cigar <laughs> that that shoots out hologram smoke and that's what and I he, want in a Metal Gear Solid game that Ground Zeroes didn't have yeah they like, finally so much, they finally found a use for the cigarette there's so it, much yeah. surrealness <laughs> and magic to this universe that Ground Zeroes like didn't have like a lot of people talk about how much more gritty and serious Ground Zeroes was I don't really think it was so much as they took away the parts of previous Metal Gear Solid games that I, were already I say, though, pretty and serious. I, they just took away that that the supernatural magic cigars that fast forward time with hallucinogenic <laughs> smoke. You know, I'm I'm kind of though okay with that. And I might be the only one. I love Metal Gear Solid, like the whole franchise as well. But it it did upon looking back at like four it kind of has it, it's gone off the rails a little bit and oh. so playing through the ground zeroes demo a little bit with with alex i was like wow this is like a mature like <laughs> i it i don't know i liked i'll tell you what it it still retains a lot of the, the uh, villain looks like a freaking yeah. zombie it's guy still, so like it, it still, still retains some... a lot of the, the grittiness that ground zeroes <laughs> had but looking at phantom pain like the, the stuff like right when you started I, I don't know if it even was like a live event or like part of the demo but like the first thing that happened when I was watching it was that the horse that you were riding it just like took a shit good <laughs> yeah good. and then I hope it does and then oh, and then the, shit is good yeah and then the uh <laughs> The balloons from Peace Walker are the like Fulton back. The Fulton recovery, yeah. Yeah, the Fulton recovery, but you can do it to like animals, and you can do it that to like is comic relief. To Ground like cars. needed comic relief. Yeah, and and uh, uh, Phantom <coughs> Pain definitely has it, but at the same time, I believe that what we're gonna find is that some of the stuff that happens in this goddamn game is gonna be like much more mature than. Anything we've seen. But the thing is, when you have comic relief there, and when you have a supernatural element, it kind of disarms you when shit gets real. It makes it hit harder. Yeah, I think that's true, and I'm, I, I think that's why Phantom Pain is going to be 
I don't think like as impressed as most of us were with Ground Zeroes, despite the you know what you feel about the price point. Uh, I think that there's going to be a lot more that we can. There's a lot more to see, and I think that it's going to be a much better game than we even think it is. So, anyways, um, while we're in the middle of getting this hype train rolling, <laughs> you might notice that we omitted one <laughs> very important company Publisher? of all yeah. of them that we're going to get back to and and fully dissect after these messages. If you had jalapenos and beans for every meal, you'd have an atomic butt blast too. Booger Man for Sega Genesis. Hey, boogers aren't his only weapon. Wasn't me! What's up, guys? It's Alex from The Dex here, and today I have a very important question for you. As you know, The Dex is based around both trivia and battle strategy, but which one is the one that you want to rep more? Luckily, we have an option for both. If you go over to the yeti.com slash the Dex, you can buy our Dex Research Institute or our Dex Battle Academy shirts, and you can rep your trivia prowess or your battle skills or whatever, and not going to say that it's really going to matter, but Kells is the research person and I'm the battle guy. So maybe it's like a little cute war of the Pokemon masters. So check it out. Buy our shirts at the Dex uh, page over at the Yeti.com today. Get ready to erupt into a primal rage. But be warned, these guys don't just kick butt, they slam it. Crush it and trash it. And now they're even bigger. Four tasty follower figures take a bite out of their killer appetite. Now even more rage is in your hands with Primal Rage and Super Rage action figures from Playmates. Activision presents Mega Mania, a new video game for your Atari video computer system. a video nightmare because it's impossible to stop. Designed by Steve Cartwright for Activision. Welcome back to the TOVG Podcast E3 special. Ladies and gentlemen, the comeback is real, my friends. It is happening. <laughs> Nintendo. Nintendo they did it. dominated this year. By actually being on the cutting edge of an online thing for once. Yeah. Like, yeah. the news never stopped. It kept going and going. <laughs> like, everyone else got their shit out of the way first. In those that first day, the rest of it was, like, the Nintendo Entertainment Expo. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, and apparently, like, both Microsoft and Sony were doing something very similar, and I just had no idea because... There was like 3,000 viewers in each of those, and there was like 50,000 in Nintendo pretty much the whole time. Yeah. So they had the regular 40-minute um, quote-unquote conference, but it was mm -hmm. pre-recorded, so it wasn't right. really like the standard on-the-show news conference. And mm -hmm. it was like actually 
way more fun to watch. They were yeah. able to throw in jokes and have these crazy effect sequences where, where <laughs> the Reggie, Reggie, the Reggie and water Iwata, battle. Yeah, they were like it was the first thing I saw and I woke up, up and I was like, I'm. I'm it's on gonna board. Be a it, good set day. The, it set the tone. <laughs> Robot Chicken was doing the intermissions. They went like full on anime with the trailer for Brawl. Or not, yeah. It's not Brawl this time. It's just Smash. No, for for yeah. Palatina, for Smash. Yeah. yeah. And that was weird. Like, it worked. And I, I can't imagine them managing to pull off just straight up playing an anime video about a game that has nothing to do with anime. Right. In, in a more traditional setting. I, I actually was a little sad because I thought they were announcing an anime tie-in. and <laughs> Like a Smash Bros. series? And when it was just Palutena, I was actually disappointed because I don't particularly care for her. She was right. fun in, in Kitty Girls Uprising, like the little zippy back and forth was yeah. enjoyable. But the thought of an awesome anime where <laughs> like Link was just like grappling fools... Was greater than that, that Palutena being that no was playable. like the most fan servicey part a, of that. Yeah, I was, was like, just like <laughs> Link rolled and he reached in his belt and you're like the hook shot and he pulls out the hook shot. You're like, yeah. I'm also like, I've played that. This hook shot's not that long, you liars. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it looked like that that opening scene where like Link in in Kid Icarus or Pit, I guess, yeah, Pit. are like <laughs> madly feverishly fighting to the death. <laughs> Yeah, like it looked surprisingly raw for Smash Brothers. Yeah, wow. it was like gritty like Smash Bros. reboot. <laughs> I know, gritty. I know, and and it wasn't that at all. It got stupid all of a sudden when when Palatina in her butt shows up, and and the rest of it is like all silly and fun and whatnot. And so that was that was the flavor of their quote unquote conference. But it didn't the, end there. The only <laughs> thing that I, I really didn't like about that Palatina announcement was that the voiceovers they did of Palatina and Pitt talking to each other were very, like, like non-properly translated things to say, like, are you oh, going to be fighting that was two adorable. Lady Palatina? And it's, like, like in the middle of that gritty, like, Link versus Pitt battle, and like, yeah. hey, are you going to be fighting too? Oh, yes, yes, I am. But not for you, Pit. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Just bring me back. Show them more hookshot. Suddenly, <laughs> trying hook to shot. stab a little boy with your sword is right. a much less uh, uh, a much less troubling sight. Yeah. So it didn't end there, though. Right after that, they did the amiibo follow-up, which then led into this treehouse coverage. Like, that's that's a weird concept. The Nintendo treehouse. Where that was pretty they, pretty smart on their end, I think. They kept the the coverage going by um, other English speaker American presenters on the <coughs> internet, who didn't stop for days just reporting information about stuff. Yeah, I think they're real super proud of the treehouse and like the sort of like culture that it's been creating up there, and I think that that whole vibe is like very much like the most powerful thing about Nintendo right now. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, they rolled out everything, man. They, like, they realized what what having Miyamoto means this year. Yeah. They realized that he's, like, a... Star Fox. I mean, yeah, but, I mean, they realized that he's, like, this, like, beautiful, like, genius person. They, they dusted <laughs> him legend. off. We talked about it before. Like, and these, dressed these, him up and brought him back Nintendo out of retirement. Big, to, yeah. big guys are, like, our kids. surrogate fathers in weird yeah. ways. So, like, yeah, I love... <laughs> Miyamoto and seeing him back out there again was like, oh. Yeah, like his robot game is, is, can we cuss on this? I was going to say it's effing hilarious. Oh, we already, have. already said shit like three <laughs> oh, times. Oh, yeah. Shit, shit, shit. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, this giant robot game is so damn, like, funny and, like, fun. And Project Guard was, like, super, like, 
stressful. Stressful. And there were Star Fox insignias on the security cameras. Oh, they've already... They, yeah, there's a new Star Fox. Yeah, and... like, yeah, the Star Fox thing, that's that's one of those things where it's like, we're working on Star Fox. We <laughs> have literally nothing to show you. They, there were, but some people got to play, uh, play it, and they were saying that it still feels very... Very alpha, like, right. yeah, like, but that what they were doing, which is what I said they should do, is TV is third person, um, and the gamepad game is, game is first, is first person. person, and then you can kind of like Oculus Rift it where you can look in the cockpit by uh-huh. moving the thing. Interesting, but you still that control, is interesting, and you can now sort of um, aim independently of where you're flying. So you can do like cool like strafing and and, and sort of broadsides and stuff. Miyamoto games, so they have like real snappy connections with a bright, big, colorful flash, and they have yeah. a sense of humor like baked into the mechanics themselves. And so they brought out kids to come over to E3 and, and play these games with Miyamoto, and we got a beautiful picture out of it. Yeah, so funny. I have not seen this picture. Oh, it's, you need looks, to. He looks so happy. He looks so happy. The kids look so happy. The the stuff that's going on in the picture just like exudes how much fun video games can be with the most absolute perfect kind of people to represent it right in front of you, like Miyamoto and the kids he has dedicated his life to entertaining. It's yeah. perfect. Oh, gosh. It's like a flawless piece of photography. It's like it's like me. <laughs> There's like a little version of me there like playing with there, the kid. If there is a Pulitzer Prize for photojournalism for for video game media, like whoever did that, if it was a Nintendo PR person, good job. If it was a third party games journalist, good freaking job. Even better. Like what it's an amazing game? picture, really. I, I yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I honestly like that believe that. game we played at PAX where we were all smiling, that picture. Uh, oh, oh uh, Tiny Brains. Tiny Brains? Yeah, remember we had, Oh, my God. There's a picture that it's like my background on Twitter. It's just like you, me, Gerard, yeah, and we were sitting and at Sash, the, We were like sitting on the couch in Tiny Brains booth just like, yeah, this is great. This <laughs> yeah. game, fun teams, we're good. It is, but that's that actually, that picture sums up like Nintendo this year yeah. perfectly, and it's why... I like. I think. Well, I don't know. I've been really like harsh on them, but I, I think they didn't make a good step. Everything we know about because the guy who made Nintendo is right there in the shot. Like, yeah. they yeah. say a picture is worth a thousand words. It would take more than a thousand words to describe the history <laughs> of what is going on in that image. Yeah, of course. Oh, jeez. Uh, I just want to like touch real quickly before we get too far away from it. When you were talking about the treehouse, or when we were all talking about the treehouse, uh, they were saying that like. You know, it, Treehouse coverage was going the whole time during E3. A lot of people were watching it. That's another thing, like how we were talking about uh, Hardline releasing its beta on, you know, for the people who weren't at E3. That's like another, like, a step that's like including people who are not at the conference to be a part of the announcements and not have to, like, hear safe from journalism websites people at and everything. Home probably saw more, like, I, I have to, I had to go back and watch a bunch of trailers. And I stuff. like too. the codename Steam coverage. Right, I right. had to, like, go back and watch because it was like. I was like adding three. It looks so good. It looks really tight. Yeah, it looks very amazing. Which is good because until they had shown that, I thought that one thing that I was been kind of bummed out about is that they've been like sort of trying to get the Wii U going at, and and the 3DS has been like suffering a little bit. They by releasing 2DS games or not 2DS like just DS games Uh and GBA games on the Wii U, and they don't they're not releasing them on the 3DS where they should go, um, but at least. You know they have Smash and then Steam. I do do want to see some other stuff, but two I think great we're gonna games. get stuff. My Fantasy Life looks really good. 
That's Which another one? one of those like life sync like RPG things. It's kind of like uh, Animal Crossing or Monster Hunter, uh -huh. where you like switch jobs all the time, and it's made by Level Five. Which is like one of Nintendo's oh, like yeah. greatest friends. Oh, I'm the, really the Sonic Zoom though. I played Sonic it on boom. one of the, Sonic. Boom. Is it Boom? Whatever. Boom. Wait, is Sonic. It... Sonic Boom. Is it Boom? It's yes. Boom. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So let's Sonic call Zoom. it Sonic Boo because I already know how you guys feel about it. <laughs> well, so bo both of these games are my least favorite games of E3. I'll I'll lead in with that. Okay. But the 3DS version is the worst Sonic game I've ever played. Oh I played God. it on one of those women <laughs> that like are tethered to 3DSs. Yeah. <laughs> And I just finished playing uh, Smash Bros and getting a t-shirt and everything. And I was like, yay. And this woman, who was very attractive to right. her credit, was like, do you want to play this? And I'm like, yes, actually, I did. I was curious <laughs> um, about how it was. And it was just god awful. Yeah, it was oh, god. so bad. Oh, especially so, just, especially in the company Sonic of like... Game. Well, like, especially <laughs> in the company of like Yoshi's Woolly World, which is like this oh my beautiful, god. like, well thought out, spiritual like, fast, sequel to yeah, like fast Kirby's paced platformer, and uh, Captain Toad, which is like just Nintendo being the most charming company in the entire world. I'm like, I, I was way more excited about Captain Toad than I than like that game should make me as an adult. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when it came on that I was like, oh. Captain Toad, That's, you guys don't even know. That, that, my, that, that was like my reaction to Mario Maker. Yeah, exactly. Like, that we, was great. I think that's what they're actually playing in the picture of, of Miyamoto yeah. laughing his ass off with these kids yeah, yeah, laughing their Mario ass Maker. off as Mario Maker. And we were talking last week about Mario fan games. Yeah. How they're really easy to make because Mario <laughs> has very basic mechanics. And, and like, there you have it. A consumer-friendly um... Mario Maker. That, and, right. Yeah, that, and did that you hear him say it. there is no other way to describe what this piece Did you hear him say that of... they're gonna uh, add art styles and enemies and like palettes from other things that aren't even Mario, and it's just gonna be this great? Yeah, and I, I like how far out of their way they went to show how adaptable the new Super Mario Brothers style is to the old, and how you can switch right. them on and off. Well, one of the great things that I see coming out of Mario Maker is think about those kids in the picture, how much like fun it looked like they were having, or like you know other people who maybe have played Mario Maker at at uh, E3. Think of those people and like the kids who are going to be playing it. These are like twelve to thirteen year old kids. I mean, even younger, even younger, playing like making a game. Yeah, like, like with with the tools just like given to them. They're, like no programming needed, no like knowledge of like a game making program. Just like. like this place concept, blocks and like learn how to like just learn by doing to be this fair can kickstart the games industry massively like you'll have people in a decade or two decades from now being like man i remember i got my start making games playing making playing mario maker you remember mario maker to be fair. Yeah. Then, then they'll play a little big planet yeah like, i they're was crazy. about to say <laughs> sorry i don't want to save your thunder <laughs> to be fair this concept has existed before in the form of little big planet and disney infinity and project spark but this is the goddamn Mario. <laughs> right. It's, and how it, many... This is a different level. Well, it's like, actually, they had, like, RPG Maker and Fighter Maker and all those other games, too, but this is, like, a new level of, like, like user... Like, think of how many game developers... Ease. You've probably actually heard a lot of game developers talk about how they started making things creatively with Mario Paint. Like, I have yeah. wanted Nintendo to make a creative software suite in the same vein of that for a long-ass time, and, and they're finally doing it again. It's going to have a music composer in it, yeah. too. Oh, the dog is, is insane. The dog is black. The, the dog is not <laughs> the black. The dog is black. <laughs> well, whatever. He I'm returns. Much, yeah, the brown dog is brown and angry. <laughs> the dog is very brown, not very part of my I didn't say that, I swear. Uh, and uh, the, fly, the fly game is back uh, from Mario Paint. 
It's going to be great. Yeah, it's gonna I, be great. I think it's just a really great concept. It's really awesome to see. Like, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to have a ball with it. I'm going to make 1,000 spike and, levels. And okay, <laughs> it's, job, it's not unreasonable to expect them to let people share and download their levels, is it? Uh, no, they actually have uh, gone have on record okay, being good. like, that's our that's our plan. We don't yeah. know. They're like, we don't know exactly because how we're going to do it yet, but that's what know, our plan is. You know how Nintendo feels about the internet. Not I mean, so people much are, anymore, dog. People are going to make their penis levels, there. and Nintendo's going to be like, eh. I will, I will forgive them when they give me back spot pass notifications on my on my swap note. Yeah, I don't Did know anybody what else use any that? of that means. I used it. Okay, swap notes a little application on the 3DS where you can like draw notes and send them to your friends. And it used to be spot pass, so you can send them over a Wi-Fi connection to a friend in another or wherever. And when it, they had Wi-Fi, they would get your note. You get like a little m- mail from yeah. You. It'd be like passing like stupid drawn notes in class, like in high school. But you could do it on your 3DS anywhere, and when you're on a Wi-Fi connection, it would send. Now so, they took it away from Wi-Fi to just Street Pass, so you can only send it if you're like near your friend. So I it's kind of useless. Were, were people making penis notes, and Nintendo oh, was like, I mean, no, of course. We can't go- that. But like it was because like uh, like child predators and blah blah and like some kind of like BS rules that that doesn't apply to every single user. Like well, I'm a 22 year old person who can manage my parental controls myself. I don't want like if I I want the ability to choose to turn that on. So yeah, like and that was recently they turned that off. But it what, seems like they're kind of going back to the internet now. Like kind I of with an open mind. Nintendo You're the keeps... first person I've ever heard talking about that. About swap about swap note. You super nerd. I love swap note. <laughs> I have friends across the country. I want to like send drawings to them. What, what I keep finding Nintendo <laughs> revealing to us is that gamers don't actually care as much about like the gritty gray man shoots as you'd think they would. So much as they care about not having kid friendly hardware instead of like colorful kid friendly software. Because right. the games sell really well. The consoles, not so much. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And maybe now they're changing. Like, I don't see how they could get away with making Mario Maker in 2014 and not having an online level browser. And also, I think this news broke today that Splatoon is going to have online voice chat. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really important. Yeah. For, like, complete, fully-fledged online voice chat for the whole game. Right. They had... Did they ever release the Wii? the Wii? They had one. They had this like voice. Yeah, Microsoft bought that came uh, like out a with microphone. the uh, with uh, Animal Crossing. Uh, Wait, we the Wii Animal Crossing. It really? actually came City out. Folk. Yeah, <sighs> the Wii so backwards. It's a weird. Way <laughs> They're finally to... catching up, and it <laughs> and it feels great. But what does that say about us? That like they're just starting to hit the bare minimums. Well, and we're like overjoyed. I no, th- Nintendo I think... hitting the bare minimum now is it's gonna be great. Well, here's like, here's my thoughts on it. Is I don't think they've ever, like, really dropped... I mean, like, there are some obvious examples you can pick out, but, like, they've never really been dropping the ball on games for, like, a con- like consistently. Like, it's their hardware and their, like, approach to things like online interactivity and such that, like, is always a step behind everyone else. Third-party support. Right, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But their first-party games, Nintendo's first-party games, are consistent in how good they are they're, they're like Almost. the best yeah, usually all, you, like I mean of course like you can pick out examples like okay not a lot of people like Skyward Sword a lot of people don't like uh, Metroid I, Other I'm surprised etc. Et you are for the new Yoshi because people I, I remember people hating the one that just came out the it's new Yoshi's not, Island that, that's because it's completely different the one on 3DS is like it's just like Yoshi's Island with better with like not, not even better with different graphics and it's like the same game Yoshi's Woolly World they're like 
making mechanics out of the art style like the yarn becomes mechanics in the game and it's like really pleasant to play and really interesting and different and like the new kirby kirby's rainbow curse it's like a uh, successor to the canvas curse where you like drew paint and he would like roll on the paint but now it's like clay and it's really all stylized and cool and it adds to the mechanic because it's clay and there's like a lot of like interesting things that happen to do with that and And i remember paper mario they had the whole sticker motif yeah that was like pretty cool too they they know how to stylize and make their games their own which is nintendo's strong suit and when they catch up to the other half of that i they're like an unstoppable force i can see them becoming and they're also branching out of that and trying entirely new ips like splatoon which we've already talked about i think it's really interesting that they managed to make a seemingly strategically deep team fps look adorable and kid friendly splatoon is awesome it's 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 cute too which is important um yeah project steam is a totally new ip and most of i think three out of four just the star trek the star fox insignias were the only recurring element of the Miyamoto concept games Mm -hmm. that were based in old nintendo ips right so they're just as nintendo has always done they're trying to be creative but now they're trying to be creative with totally new universes which has been a long criticism for a while now is that they've been too reliant on old names like zelda and mario oh by the way new zelda mainline entry apparently Uh, it's all elder scrollsified (laughs) yeah he's been that they say that but they only showed a shot of him on the horseback and and then running and they say that but when you say we're going open world in the new Zelda game, like that doesn't sound like that far of a stretch. Like Zelda games have always been fairly open to a fairly generous degree compared to most other linear action games. Technically, yes, but like, okay, I think they might have made this announcement upon the success of A Link Between Worlds because it was so praised for essentially being A Link to the Past like game feel through the roof super great everything felt great everything looked great and you had the option to choose which of the eight dungeons you wanted to go to there was only like one of them that you couldn't get to until you beat another one but like there's eight dungeons and you can go any order you want and that was like a big sell for people people liked like i could just go wherever i can go to the swamp if i want i don't have to though and like i think they're like maybe people really really actually do like this and they're gonna try something to that vein yeah yeah and and anuma's anuma's been on record for years because i you know i've been tracking this mystery zelda since that demo with the spider when they unveiled the wii u oh yeah Mm -hmm. and the only thing anuma's ever said is that we're taking inspiration from games like Skyrim and like Dark Souls and mm-hmm. we're gonna like make Zelda oh, we're gonna like redo Zelda the way that it was like oh, we're gonna like man. bring Gen 1 Zelda did into he, the next gen. Did that, he actually yeah. say Dark Souls? Yes. He oh, said Dark Souls and Skyrim. <laughs> yeah. The hype train is not slowing down. <laughs> For those of you who don't know at home, well, George then, is But then he also was saying like who said that that character was Link? No one said that oh, was but Link. but that was just a joke, apparently. Oh, was it? Because people, yeah, people on the internet made it a big thing. said that people were taking it a little bit out of hand. See, the the thing, how I how I uh, analyzed that whole deal is that like a lot of people were saying that the character looked very effeminate 
in the trailer, there was like a hint of breasts or whatnot. It was a lot of what a lot of people he were looks saying. He more effeminate than usual. Well, yeah, like which we is talked already about it, pretty effeminate. We talked about it last week in the podcast mm-hmm. that there's a like a poll that they do every year Chicks about like what Zelda. people what people want in the next Zelda game, and a lot of people like the and top rated totally thing. Totally dig the Zelda. A lot. The top rated thing is a lot of people want a, a gender option, like pick male or female character, and that could be like. A subtle hint that, like, yeah, that Link looks a little bit more effeminate. But Maybe no, it's I not think, Link because it's Linkette or you know I, I whatever name they would come up with for the female Link. Addressing those rumors later on as the presentation went on, by the way, which kept the Nintendo news flowing long into the event because they were doing Q and As and panels. Yeah, days after their actual digital event. And, um, like, oh, gosh, I remember even even those were news. Like, Aonuma saying, no, guys, it is Link. He is, he's a guy, was, was news. Like, um, <coughs> like Sakurai telling a competitive Smash player off, being like, well, did you ever design a game? Like, that was news. That was funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another thing. They got, they had a Smash tournament. Yeah. And, like, actual hype moments happened during okay. it. Real talk, though, uh, the announcer screamed. Screaming the word Mega, Mega Man. Man. Mega Man! Mega Man! The Super Fighter Robot! robot. Fight I, 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 haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Did you not see it? it? Is, oh my god. It is god. the hilarious thing I've ever the seen. The Mega Man in one of the matches, he's like, Who's gonna get the Smash Ball? Who's gonna get the Smash Ball? And Mega, Mega Man gets Man. it, and he screams his lungs out into the microphone. Mega Man! <laughs> like you can the hear, Super You can hear the veins in his neck popping. <laughs> you could seriously, it's, oh my god. It was he just like the, nerding out hardcore. He just... I, I've never seen someone more happy about anything in my life. It was so exciting. I watched the highlights reel, like just like a highlights reel on YouTube afterwards, and I was like getting like it's into it, of, getting adrenaline. It's one of the first things that comes up when you YouTube search for Mega Man. Mega Man Final <laughs> Smash E3. It auto corrects it for you because it knows what you want. It's so it's so good, and everything about that that Smash tournament was like awesome because then, like Nintendo was like. I, like embracing the Smash community for real, and they like, were really real, especially like after the the I would say controversy of last year in of Evo. Evo. Yeah, it, it seems like they've taken a much better. They're just like we shouldn't fight these people. We should and, like and up, like they, 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 they're playing the game because they love it. Yeah, right. you shouldn't you shouldn't attack your your like avid fans. Yeah, they're and playing then, they're playing melee years later. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, did you uh, you said you missed it. There was a little bit at the end of the uh, of the Smash thing where Reggie handed off the trophy to the winner, uh-huh. and then he's like, yeah, "I have a confession to I make." I suck and, at Smash, but yeah, he was like, I'm "I suck at Smash." Body. But but because uh, it's on the 3DS now, I can play it wherever I go. You know, I play a lot of Nintendo games, and then and he like turns to the winner and he's like, "And I'm gonna get real good at Smash, <laughs> and I'm gonna kick your ass." And it was like so they have a sense so of humor good. about it. They like exactly. I, Reggie, Reggie's the best. I love Reggie yeah. so hard. Nintendo's, Nintendo's higher ups are not like I don't. When they walk out on stage, I'm not like, okay, here's a suit. I'm like, this is a creative man who's like a personality and like a, a person I could relate to. That's like how all of them are. All and- of them. Okay, like, even the ones that aren't as fun, like Phil Spencer, like, the whole theme of this show was learning how to be nice about video games. Like, Uh Phil Spencer had an interview where he was talking about how he was happy for the other competitors. Yeah, I saw that. He was like, we need competition. Like, I plan on winning, but we need to compete. I am all for all of us doing doing a good job. Uh And that's... 
that's it that made it a little bit like for a e3 it was really inspiring to watch yeah, really a everyone, positive situation yeah Definitely. everyone be so so happy and positive about video games for once in their lives <laughs> go figure huh mm-hmm. <laughs> games making people happy wow Oh, gosh, it made me happy. Like, I, speaking of Nintendo, too, like, I'm really happy to see Nintendo embrace Bayonetta as a character and, like, give her Nintendo stuff and Nintendo movesets. And it's yeah. like Bayonetta I'm still waiting is the, for her in Smash Bros. <laughs> God. That would make a lot of sense. Like, it Bayonetta would. is she she I, I there was this t- term that I remember reading in a lot of old reviews where they would call characters Nintendo cool. And, like, Bayonetta <laughs> is really close to being Nintendo cool, but, like, with that edge, the, like, hair nudity stuff going on that keeps her away from it. But other than that, she totally looks like, like, I, Zero Suit Samus is not that far of a cry from what Bayonetta is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> I think, is there any is there anything else that you guys want to throw in? Like, how, how are the indie games at E3? Oh, my God. Oh I remember, my God. Can I tell you, I sat down and played Metrico for an hour. I and sat they let on the, you do that? <laughs> I, I had an appointment with the dev, but I literally sat there at his little Vita booth and sat there with headphones on and played the game for one hour. <laughs> and they let you get away with that. They yeah, were it was like because he was like in a media about appointment video with games. the devs. Yeah. Well, like, the, I, I did the same thing and I talked to the dev, well, not, not for an hour, mind you. I played for about 20 minutes, but I got lost because those Sony headphones are so damn good, first of all. But, oh, yeah. I remember those. <laughs> they had them at GDC. They... They were yeah, just they're yeah. incredible. Like yeah, immediately blocks out the whole place. But like mm-hmm. I was talking to the dev afterwards. Metrico is amazing, by the way. Metrico yeah. is fantastic. Don't buy that as soon as you can. Yeah, and I was talking to the dev and he's like, Yeah, man, not a lot of people can like pay attention to a game like this at a convention, so it's nice to see some people like like put their all into it. And it was just like like refreshing, like a great game that like in the vein of like antichamber or you know like braid or something like kind of mind-bending puzzles that make you think in a different way that was great uh also if you if you guys ever heard of axiom verge yeah mm-hmm. what's that it's like uh it's like a it's gonna be on sony uh, on playstation 4 and uh, i believe vita as well uh it's like a super metroid like heavily inspired super metroid kind of game and you're, it's like a scientist and he like dies but like wah, just wah, comes wah. back <laughs> he just like returns to living but like in a different world and he has to like I don't know. I played a little bit of it. It was very Super Metroid. You got like yeah, weapon it's, upgrades. It's kind of just like a super version of Super Metroid. It's, it's great. The, super uh, Duper st- Metroid. <laughs> yeah, Ultra Duper Metroid. Ultimate. Ultra Hyper Arcade Metroid. No, but like it. Uh, it was very stylized. The graphics were very reminiscent of like a real Super Nintendo style graphics. Not like like pseudo. They like really pulled like the harsh purples and reds and stuff from like. I don't know. It was really, it, was really, it touched me because I liked, I love Metroid games, 2D Metroids in particular. And yeah, that one really got to me. Of course, Binding of Isaac Rebirth as well. Mm. Whew. Whew. Love that game. Uh, before we go, I just want to talk about how I had one of the most like inspiring video game re- related moments in my life watching the like presentation for No Man's Sky. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. I I'm think that game is like the most insp- in like inspiring What's up, thing too? I've ever seen. It's Ooh. like you s- it's like procedurally generated universe That's... and you spawn on your own planet and you can like Explore the planet and Procedural. like they didn't tell they didn't tell you anything about the gameplay, but it like they showed you like get in a ship, fly off the planet, the planet like sinks away behind you, they flew like through like groups and clusters of ships 
onto another planet, landed, got out, and started like walking around. The thing is, and it's though, just like, oh my god, I'm really beautiful. cautious about that one though because procedural generation can very easily go horribly wrong. I agree, but in this situation, like in a, in an expansive universe, like there's room for every weird thing. Like they were talking about, I was reading some press stuff about this game, and they were saying that. It's possible that you could play this game for like a real long time and never see another person. That's how big the universe is. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, th this is like every possibility will actually probably be explored at some point. Like, this <laughs> oh, is gonna. That's not hyperbole look at all. Well, no. I think you're just being extremely pessimistic about it. I think it was. Speaking of. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Speaking of pessimism, Davis, I'm wondering if your opinion has changed over the course of this podcast. Um, because you maybe, came maybe, into oh, it. Maybe, maybe a little with when okay. you get some fresh perspective. I still think that a, a lot of stuff was like, meh. Nintendo, I think, had the like cornered the the awesome market. Mm -hmm. Um, I played the, like the Far Cry demo. I love Far Cry Three. I was kind of let down by the demo because it was just what you do in Far Cry Three, which it is looked a lot kill like a Far base Cry 3. and uh -huh. you do it again. And like the, oh, the same oh, a scripted too. a scripted elephant going through the door, like or leading a, a honey badger. I'm like that. That sounds great for a demo, but like in the game, what does that really mean? It right. doesn't mean much. Um, but yeah, there were some little little things that that I thought were exciting. I didn't. I haven't seen gameplay for it or anything. But I watched this trailer for Valiant Hearts. Oh my god! And yeah, I, oh I, yeah. About, I about dropped to my knees and cried same, in the middle of here. the floor. Damn! And I was watching a shredder too, and he'd say, "I'm like, oh, what? What is this? <laughs> yeah, but the and, dog. And it. I don't know, but yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. But the things. The thing that I think was like the most fun was what I knew was going to be the most fun was going to be Smash Bros. Of course. I, I think I was really looking for something to like blow me out of the water. Which I guess kind of the whole Project Steam thing does, but nothing in the immediate future. Like, I can't even tell you what's coming out for the rest of this year. Destiny yeah. is the one game that I'm really psyched on. I mean, I got into the alpha. I'm pretty epic. hype on that. That starts in like a month. I'm pretty psyched. Oh, yeah. See, Destiny also just, just handed alphas away. Here, have an <laughs> alpha. Yeah. Very, very cool stuff. Um, and yeah, D Nintendo definitely won. I think everybody is pretty much like... That's the general opinion, I think. Yeah. Uh, of you know the media is that Nintendo, Nintendo walked away well. with it. But I'll tell you what, and I and I think I probably do agree. But I never felt as much infinite possibility from a machine sitting in my living room than I felt at the end of the Sony conference. <laughs> their their conference really was a really well done conference. It wasn't bad. It was yeah, I very much. Good. It I was very a solid much one, it. but it, it lacked to me. It just like lacked. Those like moments. It kind of lagged in the second half, but uh, yeah. But we got we got Batman out of it. We got we got some more Metal Gear Solid. We got the GTA Five re-release out of it too. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a Finally big deal. Finally coming to PC, PC, PS4, and Xbox been One. Super quiet about it this whole time. I mean, I was about to give up hope, but now I don't have to worry about actually playing this game that everyone else in the world has played at this point. If there was so, anything, I, I if there was anything that meh that mehed me throughout the entire conference it was how many booths there were at everybody's section for minecraft yeah minecraft. because i was like i was just like there was like a couple vita ones there was like five 
like PS4 ones. There's like, yeah, it's going to PS4. I oh, super cool. I did not cool. read a lot about Minecraft over here. So. There was some Xbox ones of huh. Minecraft, and it's like, that's been out for a long time now. Like, I don't know who's coming to E3 to play Minecraft. And why, yeah, why Notch. would that also be newsworthy? <laughs> well, like, and, and that's the thing, like, nothing against Minecraft. I think it's an amazing game. I think it's I just like a boot It might be. Maybe, but it just seems like... like it's get... still, it still has such a crazy amount of revenue. Right, that's what, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody doesn't know about it. No right. one's going, no one's at E3 who's like, oh! Minecraft! Well, I right. need to try this yeah, out right no now! One, but there's, no one there's, that I know is actually likes World of Tanks, but that's their every there's year. The press, <laughs> there's the press side of, of E3, and then there's the and then there's the investor side. And yeah. Minecraft on a platform is like free money to them, so that's why they show it. So I, there I, was still a little bit of that investor-sided tomfoolery going on. That's how I felt about... That's how I felt... Yeah, that's how I felt about a lot of the stuff. Otherwise, we feel good about E3 generally, right? Yeah. By far, the best <laughs> E3 of the last five years. Okay. All right, you're, well, just, you're just crazy. I'm not crazy. <laughs> what was better in the last five years? Don't, what, what do we got? Don't. We got three happy people and one, one not, not happy I'll, people. I'll I think the, we win. Alex and I are going to have to continue this off, off screen. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyways, that about wraps us up for tonight. Every week on Friday, we're going to try to have another one of these new podcasts on the TOVG homepage as well as iTunes. Yeah, Make man. sure to rate us five stars. We will love you for it. We're going to continue <laughs> on with the same community features next week. We want to see more. Want to see more awesome discussions. I laughed my ass off at the ass thread which is quite appropriate <laughs> oh, dude, when you think about it that's great that was, yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah that's great. no and, and again feel free to keep listening to us next weekend we're gonna come back with some good stuff and uh we will see you then so have a good week everybody bye, bye. bye. Thanks, Later, man. Man. thanks for listening thanks for coming on davis